Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. Which is different than our summer series. So we had to take a pause in our summer series to talk about this bombshell that was dropped by Actors Actors Equity uh, Mm -hmm. end of last week. Um, mm-hmm. And so it just, we felt the need to talk about this because this avidly affects me and Danielle and the jobs we take and the dancers and actors that we work with and also many of our listeners. Uh, so yes. we thought it would just, it just makes the most sense to talk about it. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about what happened, our opinions about it and what we think is working. And um, before you start screaming at your phone or clenching your fists while you're driving or on public transit, right. let us get through our whole opinions. Um, because I think we were talking about this before we started recording. Tony and I both believe, you know, there's things that uh, I will dig into it, but this is not just a one in this, this impacts multiple and has yes. to do with multiple things. So yes. it's helping some things, it's not helping other things. Um, and then I also want to, we're going to do a quick talk to about like people's responses to the announcement. Um, and so last Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, Equity announced that they were going to do this thing called their open access program. Mm-hmm. And basically what that means is if you are a current member of EMC, the act, act uh, excuse me, the equity members candidate program, which means you are not part of the union. However, you've been working at these theaters that are deemed equity houses or union houses mm-hmm. and with in conjunction with the with the contract that the production that was there um, was able to get you have been earning points and so equity used to work off of a point system for EMC candidates you need x amount of points and then you can be part of equity um, so they're basically saying wherever you on the on the point scale you could be at one you could be at 30 whatever I don't know what the maximum is um, to be honest you can now go ahead and submit an application to be part of equity. Um, There's also, you don't necessarily have to be EMC if you've ever worked at an equity house in the US in the past, you know, ever, I think. I think it's ever. I think it's ever. You can also go ahead because what happens is sometimes there are equity houses, equity theaters, but the production is not an equity production. Um, which basically means that like the stage hands, uh, the box office people, not even the box office people, but like basically it means like the stage hands get like, it's a union house. So they get their union rate and their breaks, but like, it doesn't matter to anyone else. Yeah. Um, and they have to follow certain rules, which in turn makes, it's a lot. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into this. And then it also said, um, if you used to be a former member of equity, so that could be, you put your account on pause, you froze your account at some point in time because you were taking a break from this, you wanted to step away, do non-union projects, maybe you had a family, you went to school, whatever it is, a health thing, or if you um, you know, had a lapse in dues, 
you couldn't afford to pay your dues. And so therefore your equity membership was terminated. You were a former member. You can also now just submit your application. Um, they just have to, you know, basically um, verify that your information is legitimate and you can be part of this union. Um, so that's what they said. Now let's oh, I want to give you a quote before we go on. I want to give you a quote from the yes. current president of equity, Kate Schindel who says the old system was significantly flawed. It made employers the gatekeeper of equity membership with almost no paths to joining, no other paths to joining. So that is I, part I, of the I intention behind that. it. I, I agree with that because like we just said, it is not easy because a lot of times, even these equity houses, like I just said, these equity theaters, um, or excuse me, I keep saying equity, but these union theaters, union yes. houses, um, I'll just be like, no, like, we don't want to have to follow the rules. We don't have to like want to do pay people more money. So we're just going to do a non-equity production. So you're not even, you're not even eligible then for EMC points. And how I, and something that is very common that some of you may know that some of you may not. So like, I, I got a bulk of my, so I should state this first. I am now and eligible and have been for a very long time eligible to join Actors' Equity. I said uh, you needed 50 points originally. I have four, officially I have 49. We're going to leave it there. But they changed about uh, a couple years ago, they changed the rule to 25 and mm-hmm. then caused a stir. And now we're at open access. So if you kind of look at that, you can see that. But I just want to make it known that I have the eligibility and have been for years. And I've got my points two different ways. The bulk of my points came from understudying a equity show at an equity house at equity role so they did that because if i ever went on i could be given the option to go equity Mm -hmm. so there's that the other way that i got my points is that there were equity members i was doing a show where there were equity members in principal parts but i was in the ensemble so the ensemble we were non-equity but we were all eligible for points by doing the show and heads up, you get one point per week. Yes. So, so if it's a short, if it's a short run, you're not able to get that many. And, and like, so that was one, that was one way to get into equity, or the other way was you book a union tour or a Broadway and you show. You handed your contract right away. And that's and you get handed the contract. That never happens. Contract. Like that almost never happens. Just, it's, I mean, yeah, and it can it happen, happens, it can, but it's like one in a billion. Not, Right. Like that's what she, so I will agree that quote that you just read. I wholeheartedly, yep. I agree with that quote. Why? So let's talk about before we dive into our feelings and what we think is working, not working with this open access program. Is it good? Is it bad? Why was this? Let's talk about why they came out with the open access program to begin with, because it's (laughs) not contrary to what the, what the, what is it? The president you said? Yeah, she's president. Contrary to what the president said in her statement that is not why this that was not why this program was truly created the second part of it is that actors equity received a lot of pushback over the course of the pandemic and over the course of the black lives matter and i will say that they that they were that they screwed a lot of people they told they told people in the union Hi, welcome. You need to still pay your dues, but we're not going to give you health care because the industry shut down. So that was a huge problem during the beginning uh, of COVID. And like, let's be, let's be clear, let, quick recap. 
Broadish was shut down in the middle of the day on Thursday. So there were people that were preparing to go on Thursday night and then told they did not have a job for the foreseeable future. Well, yeah. two weeks and then a week later, it was like for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So Actors Equity was on a lot of, like a lot of their members were pissed. In particular, this was in the middle of the Broadway season starting. So you had a lot of shows, a lot of people that just crossed over were making Broadway debuts that just joined the union what have you. We were at the start of the summer season as well. We were in like March. Yeah. So summer yep. contracts were being signed. So like there was a lot of upheaval. Yeah. And they yep. wanted people to still pay their initiation fees, yep. their year, their by their bi-yearly dues. And they said, we can't provide you with health care. Um, because and the last- other thing is you really only get full access to health care if you are working. Because you have to make X amount of weeks to get access to healthcare. So, because you have to pay into just how like I pay into my healthcare yep. at work, and then it gets you know deducted pre-tax. Same thing, you pay in on your contract, and then it gets deducted pre-tax. But if you're not working, they say you can either pay a pretty hefty fee every month, or you mm-hmm. can find healthcare elsewhere until you book a contract. Uh, yeah, so, so you have to work pay. to pay in. You had to work to pay in. People were pissed. And let me be clear. Last time I looked, it was like $1,100. So it was like $1,000 to join. And that's if you've already paid to join the EMC candidate ship. Like we're, we're talking low thousands, but still money spent. Yes. So after the beratement of such bad choices, equity along with the, you know, we did we don't want theater owners to be the gatekeepers. They made the statement that, the union has inadvertently contributed to the systematic exclusion of people of color. Um, they say biopic, but eh, people of color, artists, and others with marginalized identities and by maintaining the system in which they hire who they want to. So we're opening it up, getting rid of this prerequisite. I like get very, like my hands are to my head right now because I do right. think there's like really good stuff about open access. And I, I think we were talking about this before. I think it's going to really help the financial deficit that occurs that that people can't join the union and can't book work because of this. It has nothing to do with um, really anything else. Uh, Really anything else for me. Like for I, for me, like I said, the beauty of it, I think you're right. Like that money gap is a real thing because you have people that literally book a Broadway show, the show closes early or like whatever, and they don't have the funds set aside to pay their dues. Or you have people like, let's exclude New York. You have actors working all across the country that like, there's only one equity house in their town. Yeah. Like my, where I went to college, there was one equity. Yeah. One equity house and one like road house where equity shows would appear. So like the Times Union Square in Florida, they would have the big touring shows come through and they were a union house. But like the only other, um, the only other equity house in the city of Jacksonville at the time when I was there was a dinner theater. Some of those shows are pretty kick-ass. I'm not going to lie. I actually have a friend that crossed over because of that theater, but that was one theater doing shows a year. So if you lived in that local area, you were only, if you could not book within that show, you were not paying bills. Not to say that there were not numerous other theaters in Jacksonville, because there were. 
But when that's the case, you're pigeonholed to one theater. So I think so let's talk about, I'm actually thinking, instead of jumping into what this program is not um, doing or not stepping up to do, let's talk about kind of what it, what it is doing so people understand that first. And then we can talk about what it was meant, what it was quote unquote meant to do, which it clearly is not. Um, Financially is the biggest one for me of what it is doing. Absolutely. Definitely helping financially. Like what Tony just said, you do. Like, I'm even thinking like, I went to school in Colorado. My parents live in Colorado now. And I'm thinking like, okay, so the majority of the time, the shows at the Denver Performing Arts Center, which is their big theater, you know, theatrical center, those are equity but it's also where the, it's, there's also, there's a couple, it's like a complex and there's a couple of theaters. So I think all of those are equity houses, but one of them is primarily used for the tours that come yeah, in. It's the road not, show. You're not yep. the road show. So you're not, you know, you're not going to really be working in that theater. And then I think like, um, I do know there's the Lone Tree Performing Arts Center. That is an equity house. That's a union house, which is outside of Denver. And then I, I think, like the Boulder Dinner Theater, I think it's like that where it's like, sometimes it's an equity production, most of the time it's not. Um, And so what happens is, um, so quote unquote, because if you've ever worked in equity or around it, you'll know what this means. Quote unquote, once you are in equity, you are only, once you pay into the union, you are only allowed to work a union contract. So that means if you're in a situation where you're not in New York or New Jersey or, you know, even LA like barely has equity houses, like a lot of other places across the country, your, um, your contracts are very limited. And so if you don't book because you're not right for the show, the show's not right for you. It's just not meant to be, you're not going to work. I think of like, when I think of that, I think of like how, Let's say you're really right for Elle Woods and Legally Blonde. And you're trying, let's say you've had a great career doing ensemble parts and equity contracts, but you're trying to break it into like lead roles. And this non-equity theater company wants to bring you in to play Elle Woods. It's a great production. And like you would make a damn good Elle Woods. And that would be a really great thing to put on your resume to show that you have the capabilities to do mm-hmm. a lead role, but they're, they don't have the money to pay yeah. you as an equity act. And so what happens is you're not supposed to take those contracts. Now, there are ways in which equity, in which a union member can take a non-union role. We're not going to go into that because I don't personally <laughs> want to get in trouble because I don't know who's listening to this. But if you are in the union or not in the union, you know the things that you can do yes. to take a contract. <laughs> you should not be taking them all the time. Once every few years, I know plenty there are of the things, girls and there are things you have to do. Like there are very specific yeah. things you have to do um, in terms of like your name, your resume. So there are like things you have to do to book those. So essentially you're not supposed to take non-equity work because you're part of this union. Yeah. But then the union turns around and goes, okay, but if you want to have access to those roles and those auditions, you have to pay your union dues. And you say, hi, I haven't worked. I don't want to pay my dues. And they say, I don't really care. And like, I will, I, I will speak for myself before my career path changed how, before my career path changed to how it is now. I moved to New York City with 49 points. 
So I was under the assumption that within a year or so, I could get one point and be in the union and be able to go to equity call, course calls and ECCs and you know what have you. I remember booking a workshop with a group of friends where like they were all wonderful, lovely people. And several of them were unions. Some of us were not union. And they were talking with this non-union folks and they were like, oh, you know, how far are you guys from, from it? You know, will you get points for doing the workshop? And we we're like, no. And like, I just remember one of the girls that had, she was at like 26 points or something like that. She's like, I've been trying for three years and I just don't know if I can keep going. It's heartbreaking. And I'm like, I've been trying for a year and I'm one point away. Like at, at the time, yeah, I was crushed. Like, because where I'm literally like, I, I felt gate kept. I totally agree with that statement of like, I felt that like, I could not even get into so many auditions because I was one week away. Cause one point is a week, one week away from these types of auditions. And yeah. so I, I was very hurt at the time. Like I get, I get it. And this, this change is going to allow those people like me Well, the first train when they knocked it down to 25, but like those people that are a point away, because like, let's be clear. I got lucky where I was interning at a regional theater at a very large regional theater. So like, I was lucky enough where, where I could understudy a show, work a show. And like, I got four points off our summer show, which ran for four weeks. But then yeah. I was there for the main stage shows. And on the main stage shows, I got a ton of points. But that's because we kept extending. We kept extending. We kept extending. Yeah. We kept extending. I mean, it really, so I think, you know, this program, so, be, you know, you can look up what you need to do to, to be part of this program. There's an application or if you already have information on file with equity because either you were a former member or your account is frozen, you can just be like, hi, can you look up my info and like tell me what I need to do? Um, you do have to pay in, but something that they're doing is part of this. Why this is going to work financially is they're telling you, um, first of all, I don't know if this is true. Um, cause I'm just like, I've been far removed for a while. It seems to me that the buy or the yearly dues they've lowered. They have. They've so lowered. they've lowered those. The initial, the initiation fee is, is still, um, I want to say like upward of 15, 15 or 17, but they are giving you three years to pay that three years. So that is hopefully you'll book a contract within three years. And then that will just, what happens is, because I was reading all the guidelines, is if you say you, you go, you join through open access, you haven't paid your full initiation fee or your fee at all, you book a contract, they'll just automatically take a percentage out of your paycheck every week until you hit that whatever, 15, 1700, and you're still able to make money then. And so that's they, kind of always they, been really, that way. They're, they're really right. They have, but it's, but they're giving you the three years. Yes. Yeah. So they're saying like, if you don't book this year, okay. If you don't book next year, okay. Or like, okay, does it make more sense for you to pay, you know, $600 every year or, you know, $300 every year, like whatever they're letting you. So I think financially, it's really going to serve those who used to be on the union, whose accounts have been frozen and those who are in EMC and ready and ready to join. You are going to open the doors financially to people who deserve to be part of this union. Um, because something Tony and I talked about earlier is 
there needs to just be also more union shows. There needs to be more union work. Well, it shouldn't be that the majority of the work out there is non-union and you're getting paid shit and you don't get health care. This you're is why we have to segue into why this doesn't work. Yes. Yeah, so I should say so not, I- not why it doesn't work. Why I don't think the intended, in, the intended purpose is going to get fulfilled currently. Yes, that's what it is. So there are these wonderful things. So I want everyone to look at that and say, we agree with those financial, with those financial things. I think it's a really good thing for those. The intended purpose, it is not serving at all. So, and I I say this as a director choreographer working in New York City and as African-American male, to say that this is gatekeeping for people of color is rude and dismissive. It says that there are, you're saying that there are no theater companies ran by people of color that try to work against this. It says that there are not white allies that are trying to work against this and try to be gatekeepers and try to do diverse shows. Like to say Mm -hmm. that, that this rule was created for people of color, I blatantly just have to ignore because you're just wrong. There's just no way around it, you're wrong. I think this was, yeah. Yes, a majority of theaters are ran by predominantly white men. I get that. However, to just blanketly say that they that they are gatekeeping with ill intention, it it it's just not true. I know it's just not true. It's not factual. There's not enough statistics there to back that up to say that they're not trying. Well, I can say that I to to say that they're not trying. There's no statistics to say that they're not succeeding. I can see those statistics. So that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Well, this program just doesn't. So the program helps 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 you financially a lot, and it provides access to those who were this close, like you, Tony, to being part of the union, are ready or able or willing to be part, and just like cannot get through that past barrier because of those gatekeepers. It has nothing to do with how we are casting shows, how are we protecting our, um, you know, all of our workers, especially those of of color um, and marginalized communities. We're not, it it doesn't support that. So this is one step in a a good direction of one thing, but these are parallel. These do not intersect yet. Because, okay, so let's start with, for me, one of the other qualms I have with it. Actually, this one's a slight positive, so I want to start with this. All those people that are a part of Actors' Equity that said they had to slave and work to join the union, your RK is flawed and I don't have time for you. That argument does not hold water. I get it. It was difficult for you to join the union. You had to get a book, a Broadway show, a national tour. You had to do several seasons at this theater. I get that. But when you say it that way, it makes me go, you don't understand the definition of what a union is. And it makes me shame equity because it's like, are you doing the work to make them feel supported as a union and not just as a barrier to better talent and work? So, and I think that that's part of it too, right? So like, I have seen a lot on my social media feeds, people going, you know, I had to work so hard to to join equity. Like now there's just going to be like random people who don't know what they're doing. And I think that that's not true because I think that if you, listen, if you are fresh out of college, or not fresh out of college, I don't really care how old you are, and you have one EMC point, and they're telling you you're eligible now, but you go, whoa, 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 whoa. 
I'm not going to book equity. I know I'm not going to book equity work yet. And then I'm going to screw myself with contracts and not being able to rack up non-act. Yep. I'm going to wait. You as the actor, as the human need to make that decision for yourself. That's not going to be on anyone. You do need to think, okay, you're going to join. Are you going to book? Because if you're not going to book at all, maybe it's not time yet. And that's on you. I will say, and I agree with that point, because I will say, and no one can decide this for you. I guess something we should have said at the beginning was that like talent is not defined by equity or union status. No. It's not. However, what I will say, budget is defined by union status a lot of the times. Yes. A theater that has the money to bring in an entire equity cast has a lot of operating money. And this yes. is going to sound very technical, but trust me, I'll explain in a few episodes why. But it's very technical. So like, let's say I'm doing a show and everybody on this show is in the union. That means I'm probably spending about a million dollars or close to on this one show. Yeah. Therefore, someone that is non-union or new to the union, I wouldn't even say the union, someone that does not have the resume to back up this million dollar show I will not cast. It has nothing to do whether you are in the union. It's simply a matter of experience. Union, experience. Because even the ensemble, I need someone in the ensemble that's going to be able to swing four other roles. Yes. If my lead goes down. And you have and no so, experience doing that. So I'm not, I as a director, producer, I am not going to be quick to hire someone that just joined the union prematurely. Yes. And I think that it's upsetting, though, to see people post like, I had to work so hard. So you think that these people aren't working hard? Exactly. And I that know that there's talk about those who maybe are younger, who maybe have one EMC point. But I think we also need to give credit that people are going to take a deep look at, is this worth it for me as the human being? And also, like, you can't, okay, so if you're in the union and you're so talented, you shouldn't be concerned. You're still going to book then. Yes. Yes. But I think, and that, yes. So I would say, cause I, I understand both sides of the argument to the one that says I worked really hard to get in the union. That's the BS. It's whatever. I know to you the work ones, hard, but there are other people who've worked just as hard and can't right. get that final point. Hello. I was one of them. And then that to, job. to the ones that say, Oh, and I do slightly feel this way. A lot of, you know, the union auditions are going to be super slammed with people joining and things like that. I agree. And I would hope, and this is why I leave the people that are in the union already, I would hope that the ones that are trying to cross over are about to cross over, take a long, hard look at their resumes and be realistic as to where you are right now. Yep. And as to where you're trying to go. Because just, it's why I never crossed over. If we're talking about it now, I looked at where my career was going and I was choreographing and directing more. So it made no sense for me to shell out for something that my heart was no longer in it full-time anyway, to perform. So you, I would say, take this wonderful year of soul searching to, to really look at like, oh, I really wanna, I, I, this is what I want. I am ready. I have the resume to back it up. Don't just say, I, you know, I just did a summer season or I just got equity points. I'm gonna do it because I'm gonna move to New York and start doing equity course calls. Before you do that, I say talk to someone that has done equity chorus calls, because I'll tell you what it is. You wake up at 530, you log in and all the slots are full. Like yeah. it is not a quick, this is, don't let this be a quick means to a solution because it's not. No. And so again, I just, you know, so there's all these, there's 
Right. Like this is a hard thing. There are really positives about this, but then there are things that are not as positive or things where you have to take a hard look and read all of the information. And so I, we have to talk about the issue and we kind of brought this up before where it's like, well, we need more equity jobs. A lot of times when something like this happens and it's not the first time, because it makes me think back to when they dropped down the amount of points that you needed. It makes me look at and think about like how the union is outside of big news and big drama. Like we said, Actors Equity asked people to pay dues, but was offering no health insurance during the entire pandemic. I talked with a, I was working on a project talking with a bunch of equity, uh, equity actors and they were just straight up before this announcement, this is months ago. They said, I'm mad at the union. They did nothing for me. They offered me no kind of guidance during yeah. this tough time. And I that's also, the point. The point of a union is to protect the worker. It's thank not you. about the, and I do think that equity, I think people at equity at the union, and I do think some of the members, I do think that there are actors and stage managers out there who have lost sight of what equity is supposed to be mm-hmm. and have been like, oh, well, it's an elite club. It means I'm good enough. It means you're not good enough. You can't be part of our club. No, 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 no. Yes, the more professional you are, the more talented you are, you end up in equity. It's the way it works. But the point of a union is to protect its workers and it did not protect its workers in 2020. And to, I have I worked, I don't. I what I said. But like, I am I am like riled up between this, between the Olympics. I'm like ready to go. <laughs> and like also like I ha- and I'm trying so hard not to call this person out because I do, I have very mixed emotions about this person and a lot of them are not nice ones. I've met someone that is on the upper echelon at equity and they are not talented. They are very bad at their job. I did a show with There's them. There's a lot of those people too. <laughs> so let's be very clear. They, that is just not a thing. Like they were drunk during a show so like don't think that it's a thing because it's not but something that we should like i said that i also want to mention when you look at the union as a whole and don't just look at this as an opportunity for you there was about three four years maybe four or five years ago where three shows were about to go on national tours and they were large shows i'm talking i'll i know one of them i know for sure actually two kinky boots and adam's family very national tours were about to go out as you, if you don't know those shows, those are very large cast shows. They held equity auditions for them. Then they realized that those would have been too expensive. So they held auditions again the following week for non-act versions of the shows. And like literally everybody that went for those equity auditions, it was pointless because like they were they went with the equity ver- non-equity versions. So that was something that happened that the union was very late to fight on. Um, I also think of how, and actually not too long before shutdown, maybe a couple months before shutdown, uh, end of 2019, uh, there was a giant debate about workshops and readings and do you get credit for workshops and readings artistically and mm-hmm. dramaturgically? Like, there's a lot of things that the union has faltered on, some they've succeeded on. Like, so before you just blankly go, oh, it gets me into the auditions that I want to, make sure that this is the union you want to join. I would say, yeah. you know, like me and Danielle, we're, we're choreographers, we're in the director's end. So it doesn't make sense for us to join Acres Equity. It makes sense for us to join uh, SDC. SDC. 
And, or if you know you're a cabaret singer and you really like doing concerts and cabarets, maybe you need to join Agva, you know, yeah. or, you know, you are an actor, but you do more tech work. Maybe I don't know the tech union. I wouldn't pretend like I know that. Right. Name. But there's that like other one. Yeah. Ayatsi? I don't know. Is it Ayatsi? I can't. Uh, yeah. 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 It is. It is. So it's Ayatsi. It's one of those things of like, if from any of this, and I, I've heard actors and stage managers that I really respect that are in and out of the union have said it plain and simple. You're joining an organization that's meant to protect you. If that is this and the time is now, then do it. If it's not, don't. I I love that, Tony. I think that that's the perfect way to say it on this on this topic of do I, don't I. I think that's the perfect way to say it. Um, uh, I'm excited for some opportunities that can open. I think that it's oh, going to do good things for the financial perspective. I think it will help because it is a lot of people who come from background or have privilege who go, well, I can just pay whatever and continue to do whatever right. if I don't have a job. So I'm excited for that. Now, quickly before we wrap, this was intended to solve an issue that came up last year and it is not Again, these are parallel topics that yes. have not, we're not at that intersection yet. Not at all. So at all. It was intended to solve. We started to talk about, we got sidetracked and it's not, and it's not solving the idea of how we um, open up jobs and opportunities to, um, you know, people of color and also just like marginalized groups in general. Um, that could be, you know, your LGBTQ, T, I don't, I'm so sorry. I don't know all the letters, but all rainbow my love community, people. save yourself time. Thank you. The ra- oh, thank you. Yes. That could be the rainbow community. That could be an age. Uh, it can be an age. Disability, uh, physical and mental disability. Yep. All of that. All of that. That was what people, so there were, I think what happened was there were two problems. People are pissed about my union's not protecting me and I'm paying what the hell. Plus all the backlash of you don't have enough union jobs. And then there's this issue. And they decided to say it was all one lump sum. I'm unclear as to how the open access, which I like, I like, and I like what they're doing. I'm unclear as to how that is helping this. Because the actor, you're affecting actors and not producers. <laughs> like, that's the reality of it. <laughs> is the, the people I need casting to open up opportunities. I need producers to open up opportunities. And then I need the union to protect me. So, yes. okay, maybe maybe the union's trying to say like, we're going to do open access and through open access, we're giving people more access. We're going to be, we're going to protect you more. But they haven't really talked about how, besides opening access, they haven't talked about how they're going to protect anyone, even the elite privileged cis white male who's in, who's been in actors equity for 50 years they still haven't talked about how they're even going to protect him and like that because it, it really makes me go like i would be more interested if equity was like we're going to look at theater companies and if they have an entire season with no people of color or marginalized groups or you know no actors of color or no you know if the percentages of of marginalized groups out of their casting look like certain this or hit certain markers, we're going to threaten to pull our contracts from them. Like I would be more amenable to something like that 
Yeah. Just because like you're you're affecting actors when again, me and Danielle can tell you, actors have so little control. Actors and dancers, all performers, have no so control. little control over what no they control. actually do. I'm the choreographer. If I say I, I want all seven foot dancers and no one under six feet is getting cast, the, none of the dancers have, hello, Rockettes, like none of the dancers have control over that. Yeah, it's up to you know, it's up to me and my company and the policies and procedures placed on me to do. And I think I think I like what you said, right? I think there's 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 open access with stepping stone number one. Stepping stone number two is yeah, if you are not casting or putting people to work, and I'm not seeing percentages of different people cast from all different types of groups, we're pulling the contract. Because a producer wants to work on a union production because they make more money then. Yes. Everyone makes more money. That's how this works. Like, and like, there's a, there's a, they release it every year. It's like the percentage of like Broadway contracts that were handed to, they do a breakdown of like how many men were cast, uh, how many contracts were handed to men, how many contracts were handed to women. And it's like, that's what I want you to look at. Look at those numbers. Like, look at like how many, like one year it was like it was a record high for female directors on Broadway but the yes. year before and the year after it was like 20 times lower than it had ever been right so it was just like one year so um, it's like that's when I need the union to step in and go hey we've had no you know we've had no Pacific Islander contracts handed out on on Broadway this entire season hi producers we're gonna start threatening our con like that's what we need yeah Not- or let's have those meetings like I I would love, you know, if, if we have a listener out there who works for equity or has like an inside scoop, if you can tell us anything you're allowed to tell us, I would love to know more because again, Tony and I both agree open access is going to be a great program for a lot of people. It doesn't solve the whole other side of what the issue is. You know, and something when you talk about having someone reach out to us, I, a lot of people were reaching out to me, like actor friends being like, did we miss a meeting? Because I get all the equity information too, a lot of it. Oh, like, did yeah. I miss a meeting? Did I miss a meeting? Did we have a meeting? Everyone was surprised. Everyone got some sort of a notification after it happened yep. and was like, wait, what? <laughs> and mind you, there were, when was that? Like in May, there was like May, it might have been April. There was and a giant, was there was a giant meeting. There was a giant equity meeting, yes. but like nothing was accomplished in that meeting. So right. like, and then they didn't say anything for months. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, so well, you're program. Um, and so I think that, um, yeah, I just think that like, okay, so like step in, in column A, one step in column A was accomplished. What about columns B through Z, you know? And so I think like, okay, right now these are looking like parallel columns to me. So Okay, we we're we're putting step one in about the financial, you know, difficulties. Column B, what are we talking? Are we talking, you know, we look at data and if the data is not sure, if the data is not good enough, we, we talk to producers, we threaten to pull contracts. Is it we, you know, we, you know, we reach out to casting and there has to be a percentage of, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever amount of different types of people and abilities cast, right? Like what is the next step? So I mean, I would love, and I'm sure a lot of people out there would love to also know. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I I feel we should segue into our tip of the week because my tip of the week is literally, it's, it's the same thing 
that I think we've been saying across yeah, the board. Yeah, I also think like this is obviously, you know, we, we did a quick, you know, quick pause, hot take on, on open access before we return to our lovely summer stock series. Um, but I think this is also like an ongoing thing. Like we'll probably be back in like a month or two and we'll be like, okay, oh. like quick break, hot take, like let's talk about this again. So, yeah. um, um, but go ahead. I, for, for me, my tip is just, again, prioritize and take care of yourself if mm-hmm. you because like I said you might have a lot of friends that are dogging this decision and this decision benefits you or you might be in the reverse of it you have a lot everyone's praising it but you yourself feel like it's not going to help you know like it is okay to have a have an opinion about this mm-hmm. that affects you or your career and it'd be different from the people beside you because I think Again, like me and Daniel can tell you, a lot of our friends were affected by this for good, for bad. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Just piggybacking off of that. I think that this is going to be the biggest thing about this decision for this open access program. Um, again, I think I, I have a lot of friends out there who were inches, centimeters, millimeters, decimeters away from, you know, being part of equity, um, you know, people who just are, you know, even have agents and managers who are constantly going on calls for Broadway shows and national tours and, and, you know, union productions that are all over the country and they just keep not getting cast, um, but worked once, you know, 10 years ago and have the ability to be part of the union now. And that's going to help them. Right. Um, I think look at all of the facts, know all the facts, make the right decision for you, regardless of what anyone is saying. And also I think, um, I haven't seen this yet and I'm really happy. I have not seen this on social media. This like, oh, well, if you accept open access, then you're not holding equity accountable. I have not seen that yet, which I'm really grateful for. I feel like it could come. Um, You're allowed, you're allowed to accept open access. You're allowed to say, I've been working my ass off for years and I have the chance to, for an easier path to join that will allow me to be seen by more people to potentially book work, to have health coverage, to have money to pay rent, not work five jobs. You are allowed to accept open access and then still say, okay, equity, what are you doing to protect me as a worker? What are you doing to protect my fellow actors that are part of you know, the rainbow community, the, the gender, you know, anything, right? Like you're allowed to say yes to one thing and still not okay with others. Um, those don't have to go side, go side by side. Really glad I haven't seen anyone say that yet, but, um, I just, from past experiences of the past year and a half about what people have said about other things. Um, if you hear it, those things don't need to go hand in hand. They don't. They don't. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are at PointPYT on all social media platforms. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Young Flangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of NYC Games.